Welcome back to Live Action, where we make your source for movie news, TV news, reviews, and recommendations. My name is Diego, and with me as always is my co-host, Ricardo. Ricardo, how's it going this week? Doing good. Hey, what's up? What's going on? It's going decent. Honestly, we got a lot of awesome news this week, and I just want to say sorry to the, I don't know, like maybe 10 people, if any, that really wanted us to do Mission Marvel this week. <laughs> um, we kept saying we're doing Phineas and Ferb Mission Marvel, but we keep switching it. Um, Ricardo, you want to talk a little bit about uh, your idea for the next couple of weeks? Oh, yeah. We, we've got a new segment. We're switching gears. Uh, you know, we'll go more in-depth about it when we get there. It'll be a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, but I'm pretty excited. So we got a lot of trailers this week. We're also doing a new episode of What If, which... I don't want to get too into it, but I had a fun time with. So why don't we just go ahead and get started, uh, starting with uh, some trailers. Uh, let's start with the big one, Matrix Resurgence or Resurrection or something. It was, it was something with an R. It's Resurrections. It's Resurrection? Okay, I knew it was something generic that started with an R. <laughs> what is your history, I guess, with the Matrix? I know that Will Smith passed it up. That's my only connection with The Matrix. Alright, cool. So there's a conversation about Matrix 4 with two people who have never seen The Matrix. <laughs> yes. Alright, let's go, let's go with that. What did you get out of this trailer? What do you think is going on? I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. Um... Keanu Reeves is always great. It looks like an action movie. They're trying to convince us that Yaya Abdul Mateen is a freaking Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne, yeah, that's clearly not Lawrence Fishburne. I don't know who thought that was a good idea, or if he's the same character. I don't know for sure. You you think they're in the Matrix? I think they might be in the Matrix. I think they're in the Matrix. Probably. I assume this is. I, I think they took one of the pills that makes them go into the Matrix. I don't know anything about the Matrix. You know what? Those two pills that are... There are pills in this trailer. We saw that. There are pills in this trailer. He's taking a bunch of the blue ones. I saw Neil Patrick Harris, and I went, oh, no. That's um, that's a big thing I got. It it, it looks interesting. It made me want to go and watch the other ones, to be honest. I, I like Keanu Reeves. I'm always here for more Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I get the gist of The Matrix. I've seen parodies. <laughs> he does that lean, and he, you know, he's got a, he's got a coat, a lot of green. This right, we're making jokes, but seriously, this trailer, the footage, it, it looks beautiful. I think there's a lot of really cool shots in this. Oh yeah, we got the whole stop in the bullets. We got uh, we got a little bit of martial arts action. It, it, it looks fun. It looks like a it looks like an interesting enough movie. I'm definitely going to watch it on HBO Max at least. I think the director said in an interview one time, it's going to be like a little meta. Whatever that means, I think that's going to be really interesting. She'll probably end up talking about how her her work has been misconstrued by those uh, red pill assholes. Maybe that'll be in there. And you know that the whole story between her and her sister, right? Like about like their transition. And apparently like there's a lot of ideas in The Matrix about... I guess there was an idea about, like, you're not what you look like in the Matrix, but that's who you are. And that might have been, like, something that was taken out from the original three. Uh, so that's, uh, I don't know, that seems like cool ideas that they can explore if they want to. You know about this, this, the sisters, right? Yeah, yeah, the Wachowskis. Yeah, 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 just wanted to make sure. Uh, but yeah, this, it, this seems interesting enough. Uh, 
that's as much as we got, I think, about that trailer, though. Let's go into a few others that happened this week. And we don't really talk about it on this podcast that much, but a couple of video game trailers came out this week for games I'm pretty excited about, even though I'm not a big gamer. Uh, starting with Spider-Man 2, which was a uh, it was a nice surprise. I didn't know there was any video game event this week. It was the the PlayStation Showcase, I'm pretty sure. And oh boy, I mean, I'm hyped. I've I've recently picked up the the first Spider-Man again, and 2023. You know, that's not that far. I can wait. I'm I'm really hyped up for this. We got Venom, we got Miles, we got Craven. Probably he's in there. He's talking. You think it's Craven? You don't think it might be Chameleon? Or no, it's Craven. It's. It's absolutely Craven. It's very on the nose Craven dialogue. He's like, I, I'm Russian man who wants to fight you. I need the biggest challenge. And apparently, it seems like he's going for Venom, not the Spider Man. Or at least they kind of framed it like that. Like Venom was going to be his big challenge, um, which I'm here for that fight. Uh, you know, the whole Venom tease at the end of Spider Man Miles Morales, right? It's either that or the end credits of the original game. But yeah, Venom might be Harry Osborn in this version. Unless they, you know, do a total spin and Eddie Brock shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, but no, at the end of at the end of Miles Morales, uh, Norman Osborn is yelling at I think Kurt Connors to open it up to open him up. And so I think that's where Venom comes from. So I think this might yeah, this might be Harry Osborn. Or yeah, Eddie Brock or maybe Matt Gargan, but it's gonna be one of them. Uh we got an upgraded Iron Spider suit uh, in this trailer, too. Like, a little bit of the uh, Far From Home endgame look for Spider-Man. So I kind of like that. I wonder if this will be co-op. Like, they show Peter and Miles doing a bunch of moves together. You know, maybe it'll be, a, like, a co-op Spider-Man team. You and, like, a friend can zip around New York City. That would be awesome. I would even like it if they brought in just, like, two more Spider-Men so that way you can do a four-player, I'd be down for multiple Spider-Men. There's so many villains in the Spider-Man universe that you could you could do that with, and they kind of perfected the the one-player experience, so I'll switch it up. But that's not the only video game Marvel and Insomniac announced this week. You want to talk about the new one that they just... This quick tease we got uh, for this one. Man, this Marvel Insomniac deal's going crazy. We got a new trailer for... Well, not really a trailer, more of an announcement. They're doing a Wolverine game, son! I had no idea how much I wanted that until I saw the claws pop out. It was I was so excited. Um, apparently, this one is going to be a much more mature game as well, so this one could be very brutal. I'm very excited for that. Oh yeah, you, it, it's gotta be. It's Wolverine. Rated M for mature. Hopefully. I, I would like them... To go a little bit into the weapon next, let's see a little bit of Deadpool. Let's get a little bit of the the other characters that we don't get to see. The other ten, like I I would love a, a solo story with him, just going back to his past and figuring all that stuff out, fighting Sabretooth. Oh, he'll be amazing. So I guess this is the start of a universe. This is connected to Spider-Man. It's got to be. Oh, I hope so. You think they'll ever officially cross over with the Square uh, Square Enix games? Square wishes they were in on this. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing their own thing over here. We got Spider-Man, Wolverine. 
You can do Guardians of the Galaxy all the way over there. <laughs> this is a very reverse Marvel Studios Fox deal where if Fox and if Fox and Sony were just killing it for some reason. Um Oh, actually, this is the only one I didn't see, was the new trailer for Diana the Musical. Uh, damn, I guess we're the Princess Diana podcast. I guess we <laughs> Yeah, I guess we are. I still know nothing about this woman. I don't know why <laughs> she mattered. I know it's very sad that she died, especially the way that she died. But, like, what did she do? I don't know. Like we said last week, apparently she was cool. Everyone was pretty cool with her. She's having a musical. Uh, I'm always here for a musical. Whatever. Let's just... The year of Diana, I guess. We just... It's all of this Diana stuff. For sure. Wakodo, I want to talk about a different type of musical, though, with you right now. Oh, uh, yeah? I want to talk... I want to talk about the Hawkeye trailer. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I bring up musicals and <laughs> from the Hawkeye trailer is because while they showed us a very... A lot of cool stuff in this trailer, they teased us... With a Captain America musical <laughs> called Rogers the Musical. And they even showed a little bit of the choreography and the costumes and stuff. And look, if they don't actually put out a soundtrack, I'm gonna I'm gonna be so upset. They have to put out a few songs. They gotta put something out. Do you how'd you how'd you feel about the Hawkeye trailer? Uh we're still talking about Rogers. It's a test, right? <laughs> You're putting this in the Hawkeye trailer. You're testing it out. <laughs> So, you know, put it on Avengers Campus at Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida. I They have... Oh, my God, if they did. I would... You know how many theater comic book kids are going to dress up as people from the musical, from the, from the show Hawkeye? It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. It's- Yo, I don't care about Hawkeye. Make it Rogers. My man got overshadowed by a sight gag in his own trailer. Just put it on Disney Plus Hamilton style. Just put the whole musical up. I would, I would die. In all seriousness, no. There was a Hawkeye trailer. We got a little bit of the premise. It appears that Kate Bishop is going to be donning the Ronin costume to begin, and that's how they meet up. Man, this trailer threw me for a loop because I did not expect it to be a Christmas movie show. Whatever. It's just a high-stakes sequel to Home Alone, it seems like. It just looks so Christmas-based, which I'm here for. I'm here for a little bit of a, a Christmas story in the Marvel Universe. Uh, I, I like uh, I like Hayley Steinfeld. I think that's my big sell of this show so far. Um, I did get a sense, and you watched Black Widow, right? I get a sense that these two are gonna die if they fight Yelena. <laughs> they don't seem prepared at all. Like, she does not... I don't know how they're gonna win. Um, those, that's just my two cents on that uh, matter. But, you know, I'm I'm actually excited for this. It, it I'm not as excited as any of the other shows so far. Like, none of them. But I'm still excited. It's, it's, got, a, it's got a decent cast, it seems. So, yeah. We also got a trailer this week for Aquaman, King of Atlantis, which I legit didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know there was a trailer until about like two minutes before we were recording. Um, 
It's about 40 seconds, and it's very split down the middle as how people like it. Um, if you look on YouTube, it's about 50-50 uh, on likes and dislikes, which is not great. Uh, how do you feel about the animation style, Ricardo? You're the resident animation expert here. A lot, a lot of people got to stick up their ass, man. <laughs> It's Aquaman. He's it looks fun. You know, it's a it's a three part mini event. It's gonna it's gonna be fine. It looks funny. It looks like something like you'd see on Adult Swim. I'm down for it. It looks fun. Yeah, and it's made by James Wan as well, which means it's clearly someone who has love for the character. Like for some reason, this guy really likes Aquaman, <laughs> which um, which is cool cool by me. I also it reminds me a little bit of like. Brave and the Bold in that it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it still respects the character, it seems like. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a bad time. I'm excited for it. We also got a trailer for Adam McKay's new movie, Don't Look Up, with Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Meryl Streep, Ariana Grande, Matthew Perry. What... What a squad going on over here. It's got a really... Honestly, the cast is pretty cool. Um, what'd you think of this? Uh, it's kind of a teaser trailer, but what'd you think of it so far? Uh, I've never seen an Adam McKay movie. Oh, really? The premise alone for this piques my interest. You, you know what that is, right? Yes, it's like an asteroid is coming to Earth, and uh, it is going to probably destroy the world, and they're trying to do a tour around the world to get everybody on board to do something about it. <laughs> and I know when they wrote this, at the time, this movie was supposed to be a metaphor about environmentalism and, you know, global warming. But it's it's very on the nose right now. <laughs> it, it serves as a pretty good metaphor for a different thing. I don't know if you've heard about it. I think Adam McKay does really funny, serious movies. Like, if you uh, get a chance to, the one I enjoy is The Big Short, where you see six different storylines about people who saw the um, 2008 recession coming <laughs> and they made a bunch of money on it <laughs> uh, which is uh, it's kind of bogus but it was a, it was a, it was a funny movie and also one of my favorite comedies the other guys with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg is just fantastic so he, he, he knows how to do comedy so uh, and all again Leonardo DiCaprio is headlining this along with Jennifer Lawrence so it's just talent all over the place. I think this is the big one that Netflix is pushing for, like, Oscar noms, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. They even, at the end of this trailer, they said, like, in select theaters. Yeah, I, I would like to see this one in theaters. Uh, I, I hope uh, I hope this one's good. I, I got my fingers crossed for this one. Announced today, and this was particularly weird news for me, uh, HBO Max is developing a Penguin spinoff series from The Batman. <laughs> supposedly based off of colin farrell's character i don't know if colin farrell will return if this is a prequel or a sequel uh why why are we doing this why why would anybody want this why not man joker got a movie you did you not see season one of gotham that is just what penguin's origin is it's just i no i don't care i don't care it'll be like that tony soprano movie Except he's a penguin. But that was just season one of Gotham, Ricardo. That's literally what the whole season one is. It's about penguins rising. Yeah, but this is 
It's going to be better, though. I mean, I guess. I actually like the first season of Gotham. That's the only season I'll give them. But, no, I don't I don't like Colin Farrell. I don't need all these Batman spinoffs. Why are they banking so hard on this movie that they, it hasn't come out yet? Because it's going to be awesome. What has Colin Farrell ever done to you? Colin Farrell was bullseye. That's what all he's ever done to me. <laughs> no, I don't need his penguin. Also, the reason why I don't like his casting as the penguin is that they would they almost casted Jonah Hill and then they didn't. I was so upset that they didn't cast Jonah Hill. That's, that's such a better casting. No, I'm not here for the spinoff. Uh, I mean, you're a bigger Batman fan than I am, I guess. What do you think? Do it. I'm already watching the GCPD spinoff they're going to do. That's just Gotham! That's just Gotham! Yeah, but better. Not ass. Uh, we had a perfectly good Batman. Ben Affleck was way better. Uh, I'm in it. This is going to be incredible. I like shit. Doing it. If we find out, like, he is, like... Danny DeVito's penguin where he's like eating people uh maybe I <laughs> you know what I'd rather see a Danny DeVito spinoff series than this one with him as penguin again it's gonna be about how Colin Farrell got really into top hats and umbrellas I don't even know if that's the kind of penguin though it doesn't seem like he's the type to be wearing the suits and stuff he just looks like a like an ugly man yeah, that's what the penguin is, just an ugly little dude. But he has, like, gimmicks and stuff. The one in the Batman, I mean, as far as the trailer goes, he doesn't look like he has any gimmicks. So I'm just, I don't know. <sighs> hey, we'll see in March. I don't know, when does that movie come out? I think it's March next year. I I don't care. It's going to be amazing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to punch your dick off. The Bob's Burger movie finally gets a release date, Memorial Day weekend, 2022. Are you hyped for the Bob's Burger movie? Oh, yeah, man. I've been looking forward to this one. I remember when they announced it was going to get delayed. I was so sad. Yeah, it kind of... I, I remember the people talking about this one for a while. I like Bob's Burgers. It's one of those shows that I just pop into every now and then, and it's always a good time for me, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm here for a movie. There's a little bit of history with this. It was delayed in the, in the middle of they were working on it, so their deadline got extended. So they were able to finish it pretty much in time but they uh, the creator was very explicit like we're not doing the streaming thing bob's burgers is a tv show it's already on streaming you want to see this in the movie theater it's bob's burgers the movie so they waited until it was relatively safe enough and you know with all the successes we've been going around they finally say okay we the movie can make its money back in this current environment so now we're finally getting bob's burgers you know on the big screen Legendary voice actor Tom Kane has retired after suffering a stroke last year. Uh, that, that really sucks. He's uh, Admiral Akbar, right? He might be. He's done so many roles. I know him best as uh, the voice of like Professor Utonium off of Powerpuff Girls. Oh, cool. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that like really classic announcer voice. Uh, his is like the voice I read things in a lot of the time. Oh my god, he did the Star Wars like... Uh, he's the narrator. Yeah, yeah, he's that guy. The old-timey uh, narrator for those war reels. He is fantastic. That's a, I, I mean, I wish him well, and I, I hope he does, he's good in his retirement. But damn, what a, what a great voice, to be honest. Absolute icon. And you're right, yeah, we wish him well. Uh, Venom 2 reveals its runtime, and it is the shortest Marvel movie ever. 
Uh, I don't have the numbers right here, but I believe it's like an, I believe it's like an hour and a half. Like it's very short. It's a clean ninety minutes, and you know what? Good. That sounds perfect for this kind of movie. Get in, get out, leave them wanting more. You know, in a year that held the Snyder Cut, I'm very <laughs> happy with this. I, I don't need that much Venom. I think Venom was a was a long movie for what it was. So yeah, I'm. This is good news for me. I got a certain point. You get it. I don't need another hour of this. I think anyone coming to Venom 2 knows what they're coming for. I think the Fast and Furious movies should take a note from this. <laughs> <laughs> Just FYI. Uh, on the flip side of this, No Time to Die is revealed to be the longest Bond movie ever. Uh, how long is this one? It's like three hours or something. It's ridiculous. Oof. Well, I like Rami Malek, but I've never seen a James Bond movie, so I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is good or not. Uh, Skyfall, I thought was pretty, pretty good. Is that the one where he jumps onto the train and then fixes his cuffs? That's the part I remember about James Bond. That looked cool. I was like, I want to do that. No Time to Die is officially two hours and 43 minutes, which I don't know about you, but that sounds like an awful long time to die. I think there's plenty of time. I think Mr. Sunday Movies would... Coming for us if we continue <laughs> on this path and just make that's their shtick, and they've they've done it to perfection. And I don't want to take that away from them. <laughs> uh, this week, uh, some Squirrel Girl picks were revealed uh, from the actress. Damn it, I always forget her name, but the AT and T girl. She was um, casted quite a bit ago for the New Warriors TV show. They actually casted the whole team, and it was supposed to come out on ABC uh, slash Freeform, I believe. And uh, they took pics, they, they did a whole pilot, and uh, it never got picked up. So we actually got our first look at what she would have looked like as Squirrel Girl. Not bad. It was not a bad look. Yeah, do the show, man. Why not? I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you a reason why, Ricardo. I'll tell you right now. So one of the characters in the show is called Speedball. And in the comics, he also becomes Penance. Do you know who I'm talking about? The character? Yeah, I know this. I know this guy. Yeah, he's a cool character. I, I like him. Uh, they casted an actor who, if he would have played Speedball, I would have had to fight him because he is a bad actor, and I did not want that at all. The actor's name is Caleb Worthy. He is from Disney Channel. You might have known him from shows like uh, Good Luck Charlie, Zeke and Luther. Uh, what's the one that he was on? God damn it, I'm trying to find the one that he was called. He was on with, uh, like, Austin and Allie. He was the best friend from Austin and Alley. You know what I'm talking about? The redhead kid? Oh, wait, I didn't, but I do now. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes, he would have been a Marvel superhero, and I would have had to find him and <laughs> stop him. <laughs> Absolutely not. He can't He can't be a speedball? No, he cannot be speedball. I know how annoying he would have been as speedball. I would not, I, I'm not here for it. But they had a couple of good ideas for the show. They had... Night Thrasher was supposed to be in the show, but they were going to have him be a YouTuber. Uh, I mean, a YouTuber who just, like, beat up um, people for YouTube videos, but he was bad at it. They were going to have Mr. Im they were going to have Mr. Immortal, but the whole thing with him is that he can't die, but no one believes him. So it just didn't matter. Oh, who else they had? They had Debris, who can only move telekinetically, like, a few things with her hands, like, not that much. And then Microbe who 
can talk to germs. And Squirrel Girl was going to lead them. It was supposed to be about how these characters like weren't very powerful, but together they could do something. It was supposed to be like funny. I like everything you just said. That sounds really funny. I want to watch this show. Yeah, it was a good idea. I just don't like who they casted for Speedball. That was my main problem with it. Put Squirrel Girl in the main MCU, you fucking cowards. <laughs> she's a she's a fun character. They've they've put some like I and again, like I loved Shang-Chi, but I imagine they would put Squirrel Girl before Shang-Chi, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> into the MCU or the Eternals into the MCU. It's weird that they've passed her up, but she uh she actually got to voice the character on Disney XD shows, at least. So they didn't, like... She didn't get... The actress got a little bit of Squirrel Girl action, at least. So, um... Yeah, let us know what you think of the pics. It's actually up on our Instagram right now. Uh, at Live Action Remake. Uh, what is Faze Clan? Ricardo? A Faze Clan? Faze Clan? If anyone out there, if you're a fan of Faze Clan, the gaming esports team, they're doing, they're doing a Batman collaboration now they're a comic uh you ever you ever have the thing where you're like my old because <laughs> i don't feel as big of a boomer as when i when like esports is brought up because i legit i don't understand i don't get it <laughs> look here, here's my thoughts on esports ricardo Look, you you think it's weird to watch people play games, right? Is this what you're... I don't think that's... Because I'll do that at points, but that's mainly because, like, the commentary is funny. Yeah, like, it's just... if The people who don't like esports also watch sports, so I don't get, like... <laughs> it's literally the same thing, if you think about it, because you're just watching people do something that you could be doing. I guess it's not like I don't get it or why people like, like it, sure... I think it's just more of whenever it is brought up to me, I can feel my brain slipping away. This is like, sure, man, you're saying a lot of words. Ninja, I recognize that. <laughs> He's a guy. Like, I'm a, I, I have to admit, I get a little defensive about esports just because I think that, like, usually the people coming from them are doing the exact same things. And I'm like, hi, Joe. I feel like my brain turns off if someone brings up baseball. I'm like, I ah, the most boring thing. Oh yeah, I'm there too. <laughs> like that is just as boring, my friend. Primal, uh, how do you pronounce this? Gendy Tartakovsky, Tartakovsky. Gendy Tartakovsky, the man, the myth, the legend. He won best animated program at the Emmys, uh, Primal. So, uh, you you a big fan of this one? I've seen the first episode of Primal. I'm always telling myself to finish it because I want to finish it all at once in a big chunk. That's essentially just a really long movie that's chopped up into episodes. It's incredible. Like the animation and design of those characters is great, but also it's entirely silent. Like it's about the relationship between this caveman and this dinosaur. Entirely silent, dramatic, action-packed. It's great. Well-deserved Emmy. Where, where can you watch this one? It is all on HBO Max right now. Bet. Okay, I'm going to check this one out. I think season two is either already on there or coming soon. All right, we also got uh, Cartoon Network apparently said no to a completed Billion manuscript. Now, this is for a movie, correct? Yeah, yeah, and this is uh, fucking the worst news I could have received all week. Like, come on, man. It's done. It's right here. 
and people love that show. But apparently, uh, today's kids don't know who Billy and Mandy are, and that's the reason they got passed up on. First of all, do they realize how childish our generation is? We would go back in an instant. <laughs> yeah, man, this has been my point. I've made this before, but like, I had to sit through y'all's 80s nostalgia. I'm sick of that <laughs> shit, man. Pander to me, damn it. Give me 2003 nostalgia. Uh, honestly. I want to be catered to. Yeah, no, I, I entirely agree. I think if they got the script and it's a beloved show, why pass it up? I don't even, I've never even seen Billy and Mandy, but I just know it by reputation alone that this is a stupid idea not to, to, to take this up. If Invader Zim can come back after 20 <laughs> years or whatever, how long it was, Billy and Mandy can get like one final, you know, run around the track. You know, the same deal is going on. Uh, with like the creator of Kids Next Door, and he had like a full ass animatic to go with his, and you know, <laughs> they still said no. Oh my god! If they did a Kid Next Door movie, he had like a whole sequel series planned. He had he built a website with some secret codes on it that if you put it, reveals the the animatic for the potential sequel, and that went nowhere, and it's very disappointing. This is very disappointing. You just ruined my day, Ricardo. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, and in the last bit of news, uh, listen to Batman The Audio Adventures, a new podcast streaming September 18th, but only on HBO Max. What? Yeah, I don't know what that means, what HBO Max is doing, what their plans are, but that's it came from like one of their uh, Twitter things. Yeah, it's a bunch of podcasts, but on a streaming service is this the one with jeffrey white playing batman is that happening <laughs> what i know i know jeffrey white is playing batman in an in a podcast series i don't know if it's this one unless there's a competing batman audio series i think it might be this one yeah jeffrey white is playing uh batman in the audio adventures so that's gonna be cool uh, John Luiziamo is going to be in it as well. Let me see who he's playing. I'm surprised that you get Jeffrey Wright and you don't have him voice uh, <laughs> Commissioner Gordon again because he's going to be Commissioner Gordon. This is a different thing. <laughs> and you and the thing is is that he's going to be playing him in in a series on HBO Max too. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Moynihan is going to be Penguin. Heidi Gardner is Harley Quinn and Miss Tuesday. Alan Tudyk is Alfred. Brooke, Al, why is Alan Tudyk not freaking Joker again? See, this is what I don't get. Melissa Vissignore as Robin. Oh, I kind of like that. Wait, whoa, whoa. What was that one? Back it up. <laughs> Melissa Vissignore, uh, Vissignore is a uh, Robin. I don't know if you know her from from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I love that. I love her voice. She's fantastic. I'm here for this. Uh, Seth Meyers is Jack Ryder. Jason Sudeikis as Gotham Mayor Hampton Hill. Uh, let me keep going. Uh, what else we got? Fred Armisen is King Scimitar. I don't know who that is. Tim Meadows is Dr. Arkham. Ray Wise will be in it. Paul Shear is Mr. Charlie Horse. Uh, I don't know who all those other characters are, but that's just... I'm now, I'm now excited for Robin more than anything else, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but yeah, why would you cast Jeffrey White as Batman if Batman's 
he's also freaking Jim Gordon. I don't know. That's weird to me. It's like casting J.K. Simmons as Spider-Man. Like, why would you? Why would you do that? <laughs> but that's all the news we had for this week. Uh, if you have any complaints or you want to talk about the news, feel free to email us at liveactionremakepodcast at gmail.com. Next up, we've got the latest episode of What If? My favorite <laughs> titled episode, What If Zombies? Yeah! So if you have not seen this episode, go ahead and pause this podcast right now. Go ahead and check it out on Disney Plus because we're going to be talking mad spoilers right here. All right, Ricardo. How did you feel about the zombie episode? I think this was your most anticipated episode uh, from the trailer. Yeah, yeah, it was. I really liked this one. I thought it was a lot of fun. The jokes in What If haven't always worked for me, but I think in this one, I think they were well-balanced. They do they do gore. I think they do gore pretty good for being on you know Disney+. Plus. Yeah, absolutely. There was definitely stakes. Uh, because it's animation, you can bring in all of these characters that you love and kill them all very quickly as well. And they, uh, they... They don't disappoint on that front. I think I enjoyed this episode more because of the characters they chose to actually be in the zombie group. Like, the, the group of characters, most of which I already love. Um, one thing you should know about me is that my favorite Marvel characters are Ant-Man, Vision, Spider-Man, and Black Panther. And they were, they were all in this episode, so I was already happy about that. Uh, I was very satisfied on that front. I like the zombies i also like that they can use their powers that was that was very fun for me i think they do that as well in the comics if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah they're a little uh depowered in this because in the comics they can like talk and stuff the the more brains they eat the more they get to retain their consciousness and their personality but that also means they recognize hey i'm a zombie and i'm doing horrific shit oh my god everything is a nightmare oh that is terrifying i don't like that at all (laughs) oh the other thing i wanted to say about this episode before we get like really deep into it is that hank pym's really fucking up universes to left and right isn't he (laughs) hank Pym is a fucking menace. In this episode, and I like I like the connection. I was really worried about how they would bring about zombies or how, how, how it would come about. It is a uh, quantum virus brought out by Janet for when they get her out of the quantum realm. And because that movie takes place about two or three weeks before Infinity War, we get, like, Infinity War events in this episode. Yeah, like... Z- zombie Thanos, Thanos. Oh yes, it's the big, the big tease at the end. But let, let's go through the group. Who we got? We have, uh, we have Spider Man, which I always love to see. I think he's the main character who got replaced in this episode uh, by Thomas something. I can look up the cast right now. Thomas Holland. <laughs> no, it's not Tom Holland. Uh, but the guy does sound a lot like Tom Holland. Like they're getting really good voice actors to come in and and uh switch up for him hudson thames that's who it was okay uh but i think he's the only one who gets uh switched out for this one we also get we're following mark ruffalo uh bruce banner for most of this episode we get the winter soldier is in their group the wasp uh happy (laughs) with a uh with the nano gauntlet from civil war we get okoye which i love to see i love to see denigree also, she's going back to her roots. She's killing zombies. Come full circle for Denai Guri. 
in another uh, Robert Kirkman project since he created Marvel Zombies to begin with. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the weird one that they put in for me was Kurt um, from the Ant-Man franchise. Yeah. Even like when I was watching, I was like, all right, I'm rolling with it. Uh, introducing all these people. The Baba Yaga guy? Really? Other people might know him now as Polka Dot Man. I don't mind that they brought someone from the group because Wasp is their leader and obviously like he was like he knew Scott and all that stuff so I was okay with them bringing someone along. I'm surprised it wasn't Luis. Like if you were going <laughs> to bring someone for comedic relief and you didn't bring Luis. Although I do like that he says when they go into the cemetery that Baba Yaga is near like the witch. Yeah, that's his one thing. You wouldn't know who he was if you didn't say that. But that's, I think that's the whole crew. We, we later team up with Vision and Black Panther as well. Um, but Oh, and Scott. Of course, we get Paul Rudd in this. Which, I love Paul Rudd in an ensemble. He always does fantastic to me when he's in the big groups. So he was fun for me in this episode. But why don't we go through it. Let's see where we start. We start with Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner ends up in the Sanctum Sanctorum like he does before, except it's deserted. And when the Black Order come to Earth, they are quickly turned into zombies by zombie Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and Wong. I love the fact that Doctor Strange is still competent enough to make the freaking portals. Like, I don't know. I Like, how are they... He was struggling in the first movie, but as a zombie, it's absolutely fine. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah, that sneak around move to you know blow back to the to the head, easiest shit in the world. Why didn't they do that in Infinity War? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, also, Wasp takes them out quite quickly as zombies, and I feel like you got to give more credit to uh, this version of the Wasp. I think Hope Van Dyne does not get enough credit for how badass she is, and she gets it in this episode. And she doesn't. She doesn't quite do it, but she's the only shrinking Marvel person to do the. I'm gonna go up in you and expand, and you're gonna explode. Bit. Ah, uh, yeah. She didn't do Thanos, but she was damn close. Um, they quickly have to go and get to a train in order to get to a beacon, which apparently may have a cure. Uh, but when they get there, of course. We get Zombie Falcon and Zombie Hawkeye, I believe, are the only two there. <laughs> zombie can still shoot a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, he can still shoot a bow and arrow. That's where we lose Happy, which actually kind of hurt. It kind of made... I, I was like, damn, John Favreau. I, I love John Favreau and everything. Especially because you do have Peter there, and you've got, like, that, that weird uncle relationship uh, established from other movies. So, yeah, you kind of do feel that. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, it's a tough loss for Peter, and he has, like, a really good monologue later in the episode. What I also like from this first train scene is that they, when uh, Okoye kills Falcon... Which, your boy Sam <laughs> gets done so dirty, <laughs> they split my man in half. God damn. It was really jarring just to, after seeing Falcon go through the six-episode journey. <laughs> and really loving him and being excited for his Captain America. To get him split in half so quickly by the door Malachek. And he's not the only one. Nope. <laughs> uh, but I like the line that Okoye says, and she's like, I'm sorry that was your friend. 
and Bucky goes like, I should be sad, but I'm not because they just didn't have that kind of friendship yet. I love that they kept it consistent. Like these two do not like each other. Um, I love that. That was that was good for me. Once they get on the train, though, we get probably the coolest zombie confrontation in my opinion, which was Zombie Captain America. I don't know how'd you like that fight. I like that it ends with that callback. The I guess this is the end of the line. I think that was a nice little button on a pretty cool fight. Absolutely. Do you think? Do you think they did that? And this was just my thought. I don't know if this this was their thought process, but do you think they they just wanted to appease the Winter Soldier Captain America want like the people who wanted that just by giving him the shield for an episode? <laughs> just like, look, Bucky gets the shield for this episode and this episode alone. So there you go. You know, it's a what if he can do stuff like that. He can cut Steve in half at the waist. Yeah, it was a good it was a good fight though. I I like that uh, he still kind of fought like Steve. Like, just like a zombified. Like, he's just trying to bite him a little bit, but he was still doing the moves. I was here for it. We lose Sharon in that one, but literally no one cared. <laughs> Which I also love. I think she was the only death where there was, like, no dramatic anything. It was just like, yeah, Sharon's gone. I think Bucky pushes her into pushes her through her face at one point. Uh, which is pretty funny. We get the emotional death of the Wasp. Uh, because she gets cut fighting Sharon. And that's where we get the name drop. You know what I'm talking about? Un- Uncle Benjamin Franklin Parker. Yeah, first time, and it wasn't Tom Holland. <laughs> it was uh, it was just this random dude. But I, I, I was looking at Twitter, and a lot of people were very happy about that. It's a what if, guys. It's a different dimension. Tom Holland doesn't have an Uncle Ben. Get out of here. What are you talking about? But honestly, this episode... It's just like, can we give Peter a break for two seconds? Like, just give, please, like, give Peter a break. He's, you know, he's doing well with distracting himself. He's making little Zombie Land style movies. No, I know he's very Peter Parker, but he's just, it's there's so 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 much tragedy. It felt like a Tobey Maguire movie for Peter. <laughs> so much, so many bad things were just happening to Peter in this episode. I not a fan of it and it just gets worse what's going on at the, at the beacon where is this train going what's going on well first i just wanted to say this that it hasn't been done yet and this is the first episode that does this wasp goes giant she's never done that in the mcu which was pretty cool it's a, it's a little callback to Ammon and the wasp where he falls over but they she goes giant to sacrifice herself uh in order to get them to th- where the beacon is where we see vision which was pretty cool um it made sense that he'd be the one who'd find a cure and it made sense that he wouldn't be dead because he is an android you know what if if wizards of waverly places taught me anything it's that everything is not as it seems there's what's going on in here what's vision up to vision much like in wandavision is enabling some very bad behavior um, he has Wanda captured because she cannot be cured, uh, even though he has found a cure. And so he is just feeding her bits of T'Challa. T'Challa is just there, just half a man, because they've been feeding her to Wanda. She's just horrible. The worst part is Vision scooped him up. Like, he picked him. <laughs> he said that he went to save him, and he just went, nope, I'm actually feeding you to... My zombie bride. 
it's a really dark twist on the WandaVision love storyline of what Vision would do for Wanda. It's 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 pretty it's pretty dark. He did that and he turned Paul Rudd into a Futurama head in a jar. So he's committed two crimes against nature. Well that one was out of the good of his heart. He was trying to find a cure. That one I'll give him credit for. I also again I love Paul Rudd. And whenever you put Paul Rudd in any MCU anything, I'm always having a blast, so I thought he was having some good lines. I also like Denai going like, hey, don't cry, you're going to fog up your glass. Like, <laughs> just little things like that. And then they give him his cape, Doctor Strange's cape, so he can kind of levitate a little bit. I, I had a good time with this version of uh, this version of Ant-Man. But they go against Vision and the Scarlet Witch, and it's clear that uh, they, they're going to lose because they do not have enough firepower uh, to fight him, to fight her. Vision kind of dips when they needed him most, don't you think? <laughs> Where he, he kills himself instead of doing anything useful. He could have held back Wanda. I feel like they didn't need to sacrifice Bruce. Or they could he could have just gone with them because they need the Mind Stone. Vision really didn't. Vision was kind of the bad guy in this episode in every possible way. Uh, more than anybody else. I will say watching him rip the stone out of his forehead... Kind of fucking cool. Definitely reminded me of Infinity War. <laughs> it was a it was a good visual. Again, like all the actors are doing a pretty good job in their respected roles. They've done this for a while. Paul Bettany again doing great voice work because that's what he's known for doing. Yeah, they they escape, but only a few of them because Bucky tries to take on Wanda, which was a stupid idea. Akoya gets taken out by Wanda as well, and the only ones that are left at the end of this episode are Black Panther who is crippled. We have Paul Rudd in a, in a jar, and we have Spider-Man, and that's absol- That's it. That's everybody. They sacrificed the Hulk in order to stop Wanda, and we don't see where that goes. I think if there's any story that they've done so far in What If, this is the one that they're going to come back to. There is going to be a part two to this one. Not in this season, I don't think, but I think the next season, there will be a What If Zombies 2. I'm 100% sure that they're going to go to that. Because we need to know how the story ends. I mean, it's got a pretty definitive ending. I mean, we've got our ragtag crew. We did it. We got away. We lost people, but we've got the cure and there's hope. We're going to Wakanda. Nothing bad has ever happened there. And then we get zombie Thanos, because it is still the Infinity War timeline. They're bringing him the stone. He's only got one missing. Oh, for sure. Like, zombie Thanos is going to have his own mission. But... All they have to do is set it up to the beacon in Wakanda. And I'm sure they're gonna pick up like a few heroes here and there. They're gonna they're gonna there's a long way to Wakanda, you know. They're gonna find a few people. They're gonna go there. It's gonna be a ragtag, even more ragtag team than before. It's gonna I, I'm sure that this story is not over. In the same way that T'Challa's story with Star Lord was not over in the Star Lord episode. I think those are the two that they're gonna come back to. Because we need to see how this all unfolds. At least that's my theory. I think season two is going to be a little bit more connected than, to season one than we think. Overall, what did what do you, what do you? Yeah, you like this episode then, right? It was it was just a fun episode with a lot of dark turns. Wasp should have shrank down after she died. And I was a big ass zombie walking across the fucking countryside. <laughs> Grossly irresponsible. Bad bad wasp also i'm pretty sure hulk is going to become a zombie which is going to be a whole other problem for the next one i'm trying to think what heroes are left what heroes haven't we seen that are still captain marvel could probably come in we can get uh some guardians of the galaxy 
helping out. We can take the zombies to space. We could take the zombies to space. That could be a whole other problem. <laughs> oh, there we go. I There's your sequel for season two. What if zombies in space? Question mark. I hope they do not elaborate too much on the on the zombie. I like that it was just zombies. <laughs> just, yeah, in space, I'm here for it. Don't get too complicated with it. I don't think this was my favorite episode, but I did have a lot of fun in this episode, so I'm, I'm cool with it. I'd give it like an 8 out of 10. Maybe a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think that's around my score, too. I think the only one I might like a little bit more than this one is that murder mystery one. This might be my number two. Also, I, I just gotta say this. God damn, T'Challa, when he said death is not the end i was like god damn it like why why do they keep trying to make me cry with chadwick boseman i miss him okay we get it literally any piece of chadwick boseman dialogue has like an extra layer of pathos to it now everything ah so good i love chadwick boseman i did i wasn't expecting to see him in this episode but i was happy that he was but yeah, well, great episode. Can't wait for next week. We're doing a, it's a Killmonger episode next week. Oh, we finally get into this one. What if Killmonger had a white friend? <laughs> what if he had a little bit of privilege on his side? We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, Ricardo, do you want to talk a little bit about what you uh, your thoughts were for the next couple of weeks? What you wanted to do? Oh yeah, man, get ready, son. <laughs> We're, we're going crazy, my guy. It's Hispanic Heritage Month. So the whole way through, all the way to the end, we're doing Hispanic heroes, whether they be movie, TV show, uh, comic, maybe. Uh, we're going crazy. Yeah, we don't have a lot of options as far as that goes, but we're going to figure it out. <laughs> um, we I thought this idea was awesome, and... I really, the first thought I had uh, when you told me about this and you asked me to pick something, I, there was only one hero in Mar- in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or at least loosely connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that I wanted to talk about. And that was uh, Ghost Rider, which uh, you guys may not know. He's technically in the Marvel Universe. He's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was just not connected properly. And that was through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, Ricardo, I, we watched episode... Uh, one and two of season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the introduction to the Robbie Reyes version of Ghost Rider. And so this is your first bit of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., correct? Yeah, I think this might be, like, the first time I've watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. outside of, like, the pilot, like, on the day it originally came out. What were you? What were your thoughts on this one? What were your thoughts on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., at least in general, uh, coming in? Well, it's the season four premiere of a show I never watched, so I had no idea... <laughs> what was going on at all so ghost rider became like my one focal point it was like all right i know him and it's his introduction so i'm gonna learn along with everyone else did you did you enjoy the episodes though did you have a good time uh they felt very very arrow but i guess it's a lot of these shows like on networks like this i want to know what what quake what her deal is she seems very sad and i'd like to know why Oh, sure. I could give you a little bit of a breakdown. Uh, Basically, she is an Inhuman, and they introduced the Inhumans in the last couple of seasons. And they actually made a Secret Warriors team for S.H.I.E.L.D., which was full of Inhumans. And her boyfriend, Lincoln Campbell, um, died 
off a sacrifice that she was supposed to make, but she didn't. Um, fighting a villain that she allowed into the facility because she was turned by him. Because that was his whole power. So she has a l strong level of guilt. And so in the season four, she has gone on her own. She's doing her own thing. And she is trying to stay away from S.H.I.E.L.D. because she doesn't want anyone to lose. And that's how she runs into the Ghost Rider. Yeah, let's take it from the top. That's how we start this episode. Uh, if you want to get real technical, this episode starts off with ass. That's like one of the first shots of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Um, this is an ABC show. It's a little bit of a teenish show, I'm not going to lie. But I do think it's one of Marvel's better uh more interesting shows down the line it, it gets better over the years i think season four is probably still my favorite season so i was very happy to come back to it um but yeah it starts with quake uh skewing up to take on some people who are attached to a group called the watchdogs uh the watchdogs in the marvel cinematic universe and the comics universe is a hate group who is known for hating on uh, people with abilities. And in this version, they hate in humans. So that's what she's going after. She hates the watchdogs. Um, but this gang also apparently had a bunch of bad people for Ghost Rider to brutally kill in the first scene of this season. Yeah, he shows up in this sick-ass car. And surprisingly for ABC just like eviscerates these guys man like it is there's blood everywhere like it gets gruesome well as gruesome as you can be for you know network television but you know still he pulls a guy's spine out they say <laughs> in the next scene he uh he's burning people alive this character i really wish would have met punisher I really, I, I feel like he gives off that same John Bernthal vibe, and these two have that like level of acting where it would have been oh a tense scene. But that's just a this is just a wish of mine. He feels like he belongs on the, the Netflix verse, but he is stuck on ABC for some reason. <laughs> we go through it. We find Coulson. Uh, I don't know if you caught on to this, Ricardo. Coulson now has a robot hand. Yeah, yeah. What's what's going on with that? What happened to Coulson's hand? <laughs> In season two, um, there is a, a a ruin called like an obelisk, and if you touch it and you're an inhuman, you gain your abilities. But if you are a human and you touch it, it turns you to stone. That's their way of keeping people uh, not from their world out of it. But Coulson uh, catches it, unfortunately. So he begins to turn to stone. So the, his partner, who he is working with, Mac, cuts his arm off. So he gets a robot hand, which uh, it has a couple of neat features, so I'm cool with it. They also eventually go to like, hey, it looks human now, because they don't want to give him like a robot hand all the time. Um, and he is no longer the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., because you may not know this, but canonically... After Nick Fury leaves, Phil Coulson becomes the director. They kept saying the director in this episode. And like, who the fuck is the director? Why are we being so secretive about this? 
Well, that was the big tease of the end of the third season because Coulson gives it up, but we don't know to who. And it was a brand new character. Do you know uh, who Jeffrey Mace is in the comics? No, but I do have in my notes who the fuck is Jeff. And right (laughs) under that, uh, I fucking hate Jeff. (laughs) I like to think of Jeffrey Mace. If you think like, what if like John Walker is Captain America, but a soldier today, right? Uh, so I'd say Jeffrey Mace is like, what if Captain America was also a politician? That's kind of what they were going for. Uh, and for that, I like his character. And you get to know him a little bit more. And you dive a little bit more into his story. And I actually really love that character. He is the Patriot, which is actually a Marvel Comics hero. Not the uh, Eli Bradley version, but the, uh, the first version, Jeffrey Mace. And I believe at one point he takes up the Captain America mantle. Um, in this version, he is a quote-unquote inhuman. He's not an inhuman. What? But that's what they told me. Do you want to know the, the, the quickest summary of what his story is? Is he just like a super soldier if he's not an inhuman? So, here's what happened. Basically, during the Sokovia Accords, Jeffrey Mace was in the building as one of the politicians, right? And during, uh, during the attack, he trips... And I guess that he accidentally, like, knocked some debris out of the way uh, from a woman who was about... It was about to hit her, right? And someone took a picture of that, and everyone went, That guy's a hero. But he really just tripped. <laughs> He's just a politician. And so, they the government was looking for someone to lead S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and so they gave him a serum in order to give him powers, in order to make him look like a hero even more. And he was just like, I just want to serve my country. I just want to help people out. So he has good intentions, but he is a liar. Um, he is not a very heroic person. Also, the serum that they give him uh, has a possibility of killing him because it's based off of a supervillain serum. But uh, he's a fun character. You do get to see Ghost Rider beat the shit out of him in one episode, though. Not these two, but eventually. Every time it was cutting away from the, the Quake Ghost Rider investigation or whatever was going on there, back to, I guess, the base with what What's-Her-Face, the trainer, and uh, b- British-ass Caitlin Snow. <laughs> you want a fan? I, I, I guess because I don't know what's going on, I, I don't know who these people are, I was just like not invested i don't know what's going on the 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 british one i don't like her (laughs) (laughs) to be fair that character goes through a lot of shit basically her and her the her boyfriend at the time leo leo uh fitz and uh Gemma simmons they make them go through hell before they get together it's honestly awful um but yeah she's kind of a she's kind of an asshole in this episode so that's fair uh Ghost Rider and Quake is kind of the main story. How did you like their confrontation, their first confrontation? Uh, you mean the one where she shows up to his junkyard? Yes, and he, uh, I love the line where he's like, oh, so you got the devil inside you too. And then he, like, <laughs> turns the crowbar to fire. Love that fight. Seeing, like, the actual Ghost Rider effect for the first time where you see his face melt off, it looks pretty good for network tv yeah i i'd argue it's as good as the nicholas cage version (laughs) (laughs) um and it's more believable when it burns off his face he looks like he's actually in pain you kind of get a sense in these two episodes and you get a little bit more as you see him throughout this season but this guy could probably fight the hulk like this guy is pretty powerful he can take big hits he doesn't 
he never loses. He's he's very <laughs> dangerous. I don't know if you got that same sense. I got the sense that his main method of choice was, what if I set this car part on fire? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he gets the chain eventually. Oh, really? That's cool. Yes. It's actually the uh, the final episode of this season. He comes back and he has the chain, and it's pretty awesome. It's it's really good. But I like it. I keep bringing up the Netflix series, but I like in this episode the Quake Ghost Rider confrontation. It... it at the time, for me, it was like the Daredevil Punisher episodes because these were two very big characters who were meeting up for the first time, and the fights are... I think they're pretty good for TV. So I like the... Uh, I like her abilities compared to his. Even, like, the way they used the car, I think, was pretty cool. He's got, like, one guy strung up in his garage. I like his little tick of the keys, just, like, the him just messing with the keys, and like, just to scare people. Uh, I love his jacket. I, I actually dressed up like him when I went to San Diego Comic-Con because that's just how much I loved his character. That jacket is fantastic. I love his costume. Uh, they, If you look at the actual comic books, they really nailed the look. They did a good job with it. Uh, and the car, it, this is, like, I feel like we keep over, like, just looking over it, but this is the first Ghost Rider with a car. Uh, most Ghost Riders come with a motorcycle. <laughs> this one has his own uh, charger. I love that vehicle. I love when the they do a little homage to the fire wheels in the beginning of the episode. Because obviously they can't do that every time. But you get it in the first episode. You get a one and done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Fun facts about this guy. Uh, his car is invulnerable. So it, it can't be broken or like damaged or anything like that. So throughout the series he's just slamming it into things. And <laughs> just <laughs> running into people. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> This version of Ghost Rider is it's not that old. It's been around since, like, 2014. Yeah, uh, it's been around since, like, March of 2014, created by uh, Felipe Smith and, you know, Trad Moore. O- originally, you know, Robbie Reyes was a teenager, but in this version, he's uh, canonically dropped out of high school and now works at this garage. Yeah, I. it was really cool when they... Obviously, they wanted to bring Ghost Rider into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because... I think they wanted to boost Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm not going to lie. I think also they wanted um, a possible spinoff, but they wanted to differentiate from Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider. So they went with the Hispanic version of the character. And I think it had to be like two years. Like the, characters was, the character was two years old and they put him on the big screen, which that was, that's pretty fast. And that was pretty cool. Uh, they brought the creators on when uh, he was on the show to actually get the look and like the feel of the character, which was pretty cool. I think you could see that uh, in Gabriel Luna's performance. There is a a change though in the comics. He like here he has a brother, Gabe. Except in the comics he has a, a form of autism and he's in a wheelchair. Aside from this one where he was injured in like a a gang confrontation, and now he's in a wheelchair. But he's still completely uh, neurotypical. Like he's fine. Yeah, I think I think that could have been that probably could have been done. Uh, they do stray away from that and they go uh, a different direction. And the thing that got his uh, brother paralyzed is the moment where he becomes Ghost Rider as well. They go a little bit into the origin, and it's uh, it's pretty sad. It's a good episode. Other fun fact about this Ghost Rider: there was almost a Hulu series. They were so close to doing a spinoff of this character. Uh, and, and they were going to do it with Hellstor- Hellstrom 
and like one more show. I don't know what the other one was, but Gabriel Luna was set to return. They had a whole thing going, and then for one reason or another, probably Disney Plus, it just got cut. And I was very, I was very upset about that. Our one shot at the first Latino-led Marvel thing gone. How do you how do you like Gabriel Luna as an actor though? Did you like uh, you get a little bit more of his acting in the second episode where it's a little bit more of he can't turn into Ghost Rider because Quake is messing with him a little bit. I I think there's not enough of him in these episodes, which is understandable because it's not really his show. It's more of like a bigger cameo. Yeah, the when you say there's a spinoff that could have happened, even more disappointed because they do like what they've done with the character in these two, and I want to see more, but. Who knows if we'll ever get that now? Because this show is canceled, and like this version is probably gone for now, at least. Well, the I will say because he is a magical character, and they do give him like they, because this show was canonically in the MCU for a minute at least, they give him like Doctor Strange teleporting abilities. So he like with his whip, he can like open up worlds and stuff. I don't think they'll do it, but there's a if if there's enough of an outcry, I would love to bring him into the universe, uh, some in one way or another. Oh, did you notice the the big canonical thing in this episode that they could not uh, that this is probably the first big thing why it's definitely not in the MCU. Not in the MCU. Uh... This is because uh, this show was for a while, but eventually. It started to veer off track, and now it's like part of the more multiverse of it all. But do you know what I'm talking about? There's one thing in this episode that doesn't make sense in the MCU. No, not off the top of my head. I guess it didn't jump at me. They mention a book, Ricardo. Oh, the the Darkhold? Isn't that thing, like, all over the place at this point? Yes, this is the third iteration of the Darkhold in the MCU. Um... <laughs> Uh, fun fact, uh, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but in, in this show, they give the book to Ghost Rider, and Ghost Rider goes to another, like, he's going to find a place to keep it, right, where it can't be found? And so, when the WandaVision finale aired, Gabriel Luna, he tweeted something like, ah, I shouldn't have put it under my pillow, or something like that, which I was like, that's, that's pretty funny. But yeah, that was the first, this is... The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the first show that mentions the Darkhold, which is, uh, it shouldn't be. It also looks different from the Darkhold from WandaVision. So, uh, that's the first mistake, I guess, the first thing that didn't work, doesn't add up. Should we talk at all about the fact that the the movie Ex Machina is also in this episode for some reason? Oh, yeah, the LMDs. You... <laughs> They introduced the life model decoys into the MCU as well in this episode. What I like about this season in particular is there's a there's a first half of the season, which is the Ghost Rider-centered storyline, and then the back half is the LMD storyline. So they're kind of just setting seeds up for problems. Uh, if I mean, I think you can get the gist. There's a robot, and eventually... Yeah, there's a robot? That guy's gonna fuck it eventually, I assume? No, no, Ricardo. They also set up a virtual reality called the Framework, which is going to come into play as well. There's a lot of cool stuff that... This is why I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But, Ricardo, do you think you would come back to this at all? You know, I did. it did, did give me that Arrow feel. But I think it's it's a little better than Arrow. But it's still got some of the, like the, that network TV kind of 
kind of funk on it. Like after going through shows like Daredevil and stuff, it's it's a little hard to go back. But I remember really liking Coulson. Remember back in 2012 when everybody loved Coulson? That was a fun time. Yeah, Coulson's great. Still love Coulson. We got Jimmy Woo now, so he's irrelevant, but... <laughs> I, I like Coulson better, I'll say it. <laughs> I think if you like... If you can get past the first season... <laughs> You, you'll start to love and even like season two it like season one is fine season two is okay and then season three and beyond is just i think some of the best marvel stuff like they bring in characters that you never thought you would see in the mcu and they do it in fun ways and in fun twists and i have a grand time watching it um ghost rider's probably the biggest hero that they bring in to the mcu but they also bring in heroes like deathlock yo-yo who slingshot that's a big one Flint from uh, Future Comics. Uh, a couple of others that I can't think of off the top of my head, but they, they have good heroes in the show, so I highly recommend. You should watch the rest of this season, though, because Ghost Rider is pretty awesome in this show. <laughs> pretty good kickoff to this, uh, whatever you want to call it, this mini-series of Latino heroes. I wish there would have been more. You know, he's not, a, he's not the lead, but then again, you know, it's still cool that he's in it. Yeah, he's a... He's an awesome character, and I really wish Marvel does more with him. And Gabriel Luna is a fantastic actor. If you haven't known, he's going to be in the Last of Us series as uh, the main character's brother. Yeah, and he was in Terminator, and the the latest Terminator. And I want to say something else, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. But he's a great actor, so uh, I think he's great in the role. Uh, Ricardo, what are we doing next week? All right, we we dipped our toes in the water, but now you know we're going full force. You want we you want some Mexican superheroes? Cause we're doing El Tigre. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I thought you were about to say Bet Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, we're coming back for El Tigre next week. I'm excited. All right, Ricardo, do you got anything to recommend to the good people at home this week? You know what? I I do. I recently finished on Netflix Centaur World. It's an animated musical show, and it's it's pretty good. I saw the trailer for it once, like way, way back when it was first announced, and I just kind of threw it on randomly. I got I got pretty into it. Like I finished it in more or less a day. There's only ten episodes. It's from the same kind of school of cartoon as like a Steven Universe or an Adventure Time, where it's like, wow, super wacky, silly fun times. And then the next episode will be like, oh damn, I have depression. <laughs> oh wow. It's right up my alley. I'm down for this one. <laughs> It works really great as a musical, too. Motifs, man. Reprises. I live for that shit. I am also here for a musical. You've, you've piqued my interest, Ricardo. I'm very I'm very uh, invested now. Since we were talking about uh, Spanish superheroes, uh, it got me thinking of a sequel series that I rather enjoy. I know it's not everyone's favorite, but have you seen the show Heroes Reborn? No. I haven't seen Heroes either, but I do own season one on DVD. You should absolutely watch it, because Heroes is one of my favorite franchises. It's like, what if the X-Men, but all the seasons are good. Um, <laughs> the, the movies, I mean, not the comics. But 
Heroes Reborn takes place, I believe, 10 years after the events of the fourth season. And it kind of sees what happens to the characters. You kind of get a little bit of wrapping up. But it does introduce some new heroes, including one Hispanic one named El Vengador, which I really like. He's a pretty fun character. I like his costume. Uh, he's got like a luchador thing going on, and he's Hispanic. So I th- I just uh, like the idea of spreading some more Hispanic superheroes your way if you want to see another cool costume and some good fights. Uh, that's, my, that's my pick. Watch Heroes Reborn. I think it's on the NBC app or like uh, .com. You can watch for free. And I think that pretty much wraps us up for this week. Thank you so much, Ricardo, for coming back with us. Uh, thanks for talking with me. Uh, where can the good people at home find you at? Uh, you know, I'm on I'm on the Twitters. I'm out there. Instagram. If you're that desperate to get in touch, I guess just do it through the live action remake stuff. I don't know. I don't like social media. <laughs> Alright, alright. Um, well, then you can find me at least on Twitter at Action Remake Pod. And you can find us again at Live Action Remake on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a follow, give us a like, uh, let us know how we're doing. And you can email us at Live Action Remake Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, wear a mask, get vaccinated, Miles. I know, I know you're still there. <laughs> I know you're still listening, Miles Teller. We're, we're watching you. Get your head out of your ass, Miles. Is this how we end every every show now? We personally talk to Miles Teller. That's your new catchphrase. Yeah, you get your head out of your ass, Miles. Oh, man. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Y'all have a good one. Bye-bye.